All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the uh, Global Threat uh, Report, uh, sponsored by Global Threat uh, Solutions. Uh, the firm uh, from uh, the captain, uh, we tell you about all the time, just an incredibly valuable uh, company uh, in play as far as uh, what all it means. Global Threat Solutions, the 100% military veteran-owned security and investigations firm. Global headquarters are right here on Long Island in Suffolk County. Also, offices in and around New York City, Miami, L.A., overseas Frankfurt and Mumbai. And, of course, the Global Threat Solutions CEO, the Captain Ken Bombay, with over 21 years of law enforcement intelligence experience, serving as a military intelligence officer uh, in the Middle East. Please check it out. The company provides so many services for peace of mind in uncertain times. Global Threat Solutions.com, also host of a hit show that you can hear every week on LA News Radio, The Captain's Brief, 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning. The aforementioned Captain, sir, good to have you here. Uh, latest numbers, 33 Americans are dead uh, in, this, uh, in this war. 24 Americans have been injured at uh, various bases in and around. Uh, 10 uh, still missing as far as part of the, the hostages uh, at this point in time. So... A little bit of an elevation as far as those numbers uh, are concerned. There are concerns from a humanitarian standpoint as well that we'll talk on. Uh, But overall, uh, there is still a stall as far as the ground invasion is concerned. Welcome. A lot to digest here on a Wednesday, my friend. Yep, there's a lot going on, as always. Uh, Israel continues a robust offensive uh, by targeting 400 Hamas targets over the last 24 hours. Again, they're preparing this battlefield for inevitably what's going to be their ground offensive. Um, And with that being said, there's a lot of pushback now. We're hearing a lot of reports that the U.S. wants them to hold off on that ground offensive and continue to negotiate to release uh, hostages right now. Uh, Israel has no intentions, or at least has not said so, so far, of, of doing anything that's going to postpone a ground offensive. They're just still training and preparing and equipping their troops to do so. Um, you know, Jay, I've seen a lot, a big divide in the form of media reporting. It's, it's funny, like in the very beginning of this, on the 7th, everything was just about how horrific these terror attacks were that Hamas launched against Israel. And like, you know, they, the barbaric behavior that they unleashed on people, the Israelis. And, but we've seen that wane, and now there's a divide. And when you look at a lot of the media outlets that are covering this, almost the entire, I look at, the, the, I look at a diverse range of stories every day. Almost every bullet for some of these outlets, like CNN, is all about the humanitarian crisis, and the U.N. says that, that this attack was not conducted in a vacuum by Hamas. They're defending their actions, saying that they've had occupation for the last 56 years, and Israel's outraged by these statements. So now it took just a few days for the divide to occur, and now uh, you see almost entirely they're reporting how the Palestinians are being victimized. Everyone has a short memory of how brutal this attack was. And by the way, there simply is no answer but to completely eliminate Hamas and unfortunately, there's no way to do that without moving into Gaza. So I think that's what we're going to see uh, happening in the next week or so. You know, Cap, I, I don't even know the purpose anymore. You, you remember as kids, we all learned about what the United Nations 
stands for? Uh, I'll tell you what they stand for. They stand for always having their hand out as far as money from the United States. I, I don't get the purpose of the U.N. anymore. This this Secretary General Guterres, an absolute disgrace uh, with the statements. You know, it's it's so backward at this point in time. I, I say, you know what? They should be disintegrated already, the, the United Nations. Go, go somewhere else. Get somebody else's money. I, I'm so tired of, I don't even, what is the purpose of the U.N. anymore? What, what do they do? Do they advocate for anything in a positive way? I don't think so. I, it's unbelievable, right? We, we learned differently way back in time. What a change, you know? Yeah, it's unbelievable. They are, they are the epitome of the self-licking ice cream cone. They, have, they only exist for the purposes of existing and enriching those involved in the process of running the U.N. They are highly corrupt. They've been for decades. My goodness. They are most inefficient organization in the world. They accomplish nothing. They don't have really any effectiveness with peacekeeping, nothing. And for them to make a statement like this, the head of the U.N. saying that this brutal attack where they, they cut the legs off the children, they brutally raped women, they, they murdered uh, elderly people, they cut the breasts off of women, gouged eyes out, this didn't happen in a vacuum? Are they kidding me? How could they even make that statement? And it tells you a lot about the U.N. and the stance that it holds. As far as the U.S. goes, Jay, I've said for a long time, it's the worst money we could possibly spend, and we spend some bad money. Yeah. I would, I would give them nothing. Yeah. I would give them nothing. Yeah, you're, you're right. You know, U.N., the World Health Organization, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's always a handout. You know, it's always a handout. Uh, with no purpose involved as far as uh, what they're all about, what they stand for. It's it's really unbelievable. And, you know, I was reading this morning, you know, you talk about uh, spewing of, of the venom, the hatred, uh, and everything else. This uh, professor at a Cornell uh, who called the Hamas terror attack on Israel, he called it exhilarating. He called it energizing. Well, guess what? He's calling now unemployment this morning. He's on a leave of absence until the end of the semester. Hopefully it's a permanent one for Russell Rickford, some uh, associate professor of history uh, who went viral with those remarks to students during one of these uh, pro-Palestinian protests soon after the surprise attack. 1,400-plus people killed, 33 Americans. This is the type of stuff, uh, Captain... That really makes you ponder. It really does as far as this yeah. point in time. There was a report yesterday, Jay. They talk about how this might be the turning point for higher education for these, these campuses around America, especially the elite ones to get a lot of funding from people on the left. And now all of these people, high net worth, billionaires included, are cutting their their. Funding. I read one specifically to Harvard. I think he donated $34 million so far. He's cutting them off because of this. This is what it took for people to wake up and see this is what we're sending our children. This is their beliefs. It's almost as if they, whatever the issue is, issues that seem so common sense to most Americans, they have to be on the opposite side no matter how appalling it is. They have to be on the opposite side as if, well, we're thinking about this on a higher level. You just don't get it. No, we get it. We get it. This is a one-sided story. These people brutalize the Israelis. The Israelis cannot survive 
with these people surrounding them and on their border every day, and they have to eliminate them. That's it. That's the answer. Most people can see that clearly, but not these campuses, not the students that are being indoctrinated on these campuses. It's really disgusting to see, but I'm happy to see the people finally saying, enough's enough. We cannot support this. You know, Jay, one thing that's interesting, uh, although dynamic, if you look at this specific latest uh, issue, the one with Israel and Hamas, this conflict, is that for how long now you get people on the far left, I will specify, people on the far left love to refer to conservatives or even just Republicans as, as Nazis. They love that term. They love to throw it around, and it's so irresponsible. I mean, it's completely inaccurate, but they love to use that term. Meanwhile, we have this situation where there are people who are brutally trying to murder and kill uh, Israelis and, and believe Jews should not exist, right? And what side are they on? Republicans and conservatives are on the side of the Jews in Israel. And these far-left people are on the side of the people murdering them. And, and yet they refer to the people on the right as Nazis. It doesn't even make logical sense. But pe- these students are so impressionable. They get on these campuses. We have these irresponsible professors, people who never even had a job. And they're, they're totally indoctrinating these, our youth. And to me, it's disgusting. You know, I, could, I would bet anything. If I sat down on a one-on-one with this associate professor, this Russell Rickford, whatever his name is, at a Cornell, I would bet everything I have, everything I have, Cap, that he doesn't know one iota of anything as far as the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and everything else, when it started, how it all began, and everything else, why Israel has been defending itself literally from 1948, 47, right around there, 48. Of course, they became uh, a state. The state of Israel was created back in May of 1948. I I would bet anything that he doesn't know anything regarding the history. And also, all these protests, people don't even know the history of it. That's the sad part of it. And I told you, I had a conversation yeah. last week with a kid who I know very well, a friend of my kids, you know, who also was a little confused. And all that was stated was the, you know, the obvious to him, you know, that uh, that they're, 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 he's conflicted as far as the side of being right, wrong, and whatnot. And I said, do you justify Everything that occurred back on October the 7th, how do you justify it? And, you know, yeah. couldn't give a solid answer. But, you see, the problem is, you see, that's the crux of it all. The fact that people are not educated enough as far as the history of this conflict and all that went on. And I'm even going back prior, prior to 1948, Okay. Prior to 1948, when it all began, you know, this this uh, adopted resolution of the United Nations 181, it was known as the Partition Plan. And I implore people to read exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Know the history. This is the problem. We don't know the facts. We need to educate ourselves right. as far as all that has gone on. Uh, over the last uh, 70-something years, my goodness gracious, uh, it is unbelievable. Yeah. Really is. You're right, Jay. 
you know, it's, if people would take the time to look at how much effort that the Israelis have put over the, the last, you know, five decades, how much effort they have put forward to peacefully coexist with the Palestinians, and every attempt ends up getting thwarted by violence, violence and attacks on, on Israel. How many attempts they've tried. In fact, a lot of people speculate that's exactly what led to their lull right here where they were caught off guard because there was a strong movement over there. The Israelis are inherently peaceful people, and there was a strong movement. They felt, let's incorporate the Palestinians into our uh, our coexistence here, and they were letting them over the border to work and giving more freedoms and stuff, and, and this is the answer they got. And the other day, I heard a really interesting summary. It's so simple of the situation between Israel and Palestine. And they said, if you know, prior to October 7th, and for the last, you know, how many decades, if Israel were to have laid down all of their arms, they would cease to exist. They would be attacked and murdered and killed. However, if during that same time period, Jay, the Palestinians had laid down their weapons, we would simply have peace. And I don't think any person on either side could deny that. No one could say, yeah, well, Israel would violently attack Palestine and murder everybody. It's simply not the case. You have one side of this where these people simply believe Israel shouldn't exist. There's a deep-seated hatred for them. We saw that on October 7th. How do you coexist peacefully with someone like that? You cannot. And I think they've tried so long. Finally, enough's enough. There is no solution but to destroy Hamas forever and the people that believe have to. that Hamas, what Hamas you know, believes. That's it. You're right. And anybody who's stating like a ceasefire, the Pope, the Pope, or someone of the Pope, like a cease. What is it? Are you kidding me? Your Holiness, please, a, a ceasefire? That's the answer here? No repercussions? As far as what happened yeah. on October the 7th? I'm sorry, I disagree. You have to annihilate, annihilate this this poison, okay, so that it does not occur ever, ever, ever again, ever. That's the only way, the only way out. That's it. Sorry. You can't have a ceasefire. There's nothing, no, no discussion of a ceasefire. Now, here's a question for you. Talking from a humanitarian standpoint and everything else, um, where I was reading about um, fuel. There's a lack of fuel, big way, it seems. And a lot of these doctors now, Cap, in some of these overwhelmed hospitals on the brink of really shutting down, have repeatedly warned that all of these patients coming, new patients that have been injured in these daily bombings, uh, talking about the Gaza area, uh, babies relying on oxygen supplies, uh, they're going to die if fuel is not brought in from what we hear. Just eight out of 28 trucks scheduled to cross in the Gaza yesterday actually made the journey. No reason was given as to why the other 12 did not make it. So, you know, this comes as Israel's leadership, the standing ground offensive, obviously still on track, bound to wipe out Hamas. And all in all, there are some negotiations going on from what we hear. Now, this could be propaganda. Um, maybe you can set us straight here. Hostages will be released, some, if uh, they can get fuel. I'm worried about the fuel getting into the hands, obviously, of uh, of this terror group. 
uh, and used for nefarious purposes here. How does this play out here? Yeah, so this is the challenge. You know, that they, Israel obviously wants to allow humanitarian aid. The problem is where is it going? And that's, it's who your enemy is, right? That's, they know these, Hamas will take every bit of humanitarian aid to support their fighters against Israel. And that's Israel's concern, specifically the fuel. They want the challenges to let in just enough and to ensure it's going to hospitals and humanitarian aid and not fueling vehicles of Hamas fighters. That is the challenge right now. How they're going to find that middle ground, I think that's why they're limiting the amount that they allowed in there right now. I, I would say if the U.N. weren't so worthless, maybe they could be a part of this. If they had trusted sources, they could be monitors to make sure um, they could, you know, then we could rely on them to help this process be efficient and fair. But it's going to be a challenge going forward. And quite frankly, Israel's not going to negotiate with Paris. They never have. They can't. They can't afford to do it. And we'll see what happens as far as I think what's going to happen is you're going to have international. That's all you read about now is the humanitarian aid. No one's concerned about Israel's victims anymore. It's all about the uh, the poor Palestinians. And listen, I I sympathize, obviously, with the Palestinians who did not launch these attacks and the people who live there and trying to live their lives. But there is some level of responsibility for who you allow to rule you. And uh, again, you know, I was reading numbers, 30,000 Hamas fighters in a place with 2.3 million people. At some point, if you don't believe in, in the views of those people in Hamas, why do you allow them to govern you? You know, because this is what they got you into. They did this to you. Israel did not bring this on the Palestinian people. Obviously, that's obvious to the world. This was brought on the Palestinian people by Hamas. So maybe they're going to have to reconsider that moving forward. But now they've put Israel in an impossible situation. They need to rid them, uh, Hamas, of the, you know, as a, a neighbor. And in order to do that, tough decisions have to be made. They have to be very careful. And they're not providing supplies to Hamas fighters right now, Jay. Yeah, that's uh, certainly what it comes down to. So uh, something uh, we'll keep an eye on. Let me throw two quick ones at you, Cap. Two quick ones here. Uh, we'll switch away from the Middle East for a minute. Uh, you have the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, suing the Biden administration for allegedly cutting razor wire at the U.S.-Mexico border as uh, the agents, federal agents, uh, according to a lawsuit, implemented a policy late September called for the destruction of the wire, uh, which he claims undermined the state's border security. Mr. Paxton there. So uh, it's the latest of legal battles between Texas and the White House over border security, all during a, a surge. I mean, the numbers are off the charts. Straining resources, local, federal. We know what's happening in New York City. That's a, that's a whole other thing. I'll, I'll ask you that on the final one here. But, uh, you know, you look at these agents apprehended uh, more than 200,000. This was last month alone. Crossing this border, that is the, I think it's the highest total during a one-month period uh, for 2023. I mean, that is unbelievable. You know, this is going to be a hot-button deal without question going into the next year. Without question, oh. and I said this border issue is going to be number one. You want to tell me the economy, crime, and everything else, okay. The border, this is what is on people's minds. And this 
is where you could have one of these lone wolves, Cap, coming into play. Okay? A lot of gotaways here. A lot of gotaways. People on the terrorist watch list and everything else. All it takes is one to formulate a terrorist cell, and here we go again. And this is alarming stuff here. Give me a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that if, you know, what you see happen leading up to these elections, we've seen it time and time again, he's going to try and possibly have like a stronger stance on the border, getting closer to the election to try and salvage that part of his campaign. If people fall for this, it's ridiculous because you cannot reverse the damage that has been done at that border. Joe. We've talked about this. Thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people have died already because of this administration's border policy. Just from fentanyl, forget about all the other threats that are coming into our country every single day. We have people on the terror watch list in record-breaking numbers coming across, that, which, which just by ratio, the number of people we don't know crossing the border, we didn't find who are on the terror watch list and not uh, are skyrocketing. Remember, that's just the people listed on the terror watch list. That's, those are the known entities. There are so many people, thousands and thousands of people coming here right now from Middle Eastern countries. We're, we're literally at war right now. This is people will die because of these policies. More people will die. And it's my feeling and my opinion, my assessment. Ultimately, there will be a, a terror attack based on the people, you know, because of the people who have been allowed to cross that border and come in here. Who's going to be held responsible for that? This attack was rudimentary, this one in Israel that Hamas launched. That could happen here, Jay. That is not something that's, that's um, beyond reality. We could see this happen here. Who's going to be held responsible for that because of this? And we've talked about it time and time again. There's no logic to why this has happened other than people on the far left in Congress, they're pushing him for these policies because they want to change voter demographics. How, what else could you say to justify having an open border? So far, to go as far as to say they're actually cutting barbed wire of people trying to secure the border. That's Forget about a lawsuit. That's criminal. Someone should be held responsible for that. You know, you're not allowed to do that. So I, I think that in the 2024 election, there's no way people are not going to hold Biden responsible for that atrocity we've seen for, for over two years on our southern border. There's no question, and that's why you had one of these Siena polls uh, released yesterday, uh, captain of New York voters, that gave Joe Biden his worst favorability ratings ever, ever, in New York. And most agreed the influx of the migrants to destroy New York City will do that. And that also contributed to lower approval ratings for uh, Kathy Hochul. No surprise here, folks. You, This is a huge piece of news. I'm not a big poll guy, but with that being said, we have seen numerous numbers, various instances of failure as far as what New Yorkers are looking at right now. They are not thrilled with what they're seeing. They are seeing the disintegration of the Big Apple right before their eyes, Cap, and that is it. And the only answer that this governor gives you is, you know what? we got to speed up the work permits. And you know why? I hate to say it because they want people to vote. They want those individuals to vote favorably. Okay? 
favorably and align themselves with the Democratic Party. And there is no other answer to I mean, what possible common sense situation could be in play other than that? Final word on this. No, that's it, Jay. There's no logic behind it. It's pure politics. What a crime that they've conducted on the southern border. The fact that they've completely ignored it for over two years and allowed so many people to die. I think this is, you know, an atrocity that has been allowed to happen, and the people need to hold them responsible. Final thing I'll say is uh, hopefully, watching the news, it looks like there may be a, a, a possible new Speaker of the House. It seems like that he has some broad support uh, from Republicans. Hopefully our Congress could start functioning again and address all of these things like the border, the war in Israel, and so many other threats we face today. 100%. Let's hope it sticks. Right now you need somebody in there to hold the gavel. Uh, maybe, maybe Mike Johnson uh, is uh, is uh, the guy. We'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, 217 votes needed to win it. We'll see what happens. But uh, uh, <laughs> the circus keeps going, right? More than, what, three weeks now? Three weeks. They have struggled, this party. The GOP has struggled to unite behind a successor to Kevin McCarthy following his ouster. Incredible. The captain of Global Threat Solutions for Peace of Mind in Uncertain Times. Check it out. Uh, Global Threat Solutions. Uh, dot com. Cap, we'll chat later. We appreciate a couple of minutes. Well done, sir. Thanks, Jay. We'll talk soon.